Upload it. Yeah, that's the cow. <laughs> that thing was trotting as, I mean, it was like, it get fast and then slow down. And I'm trying to get my phone, but I was like, oh my goodness. I, yeah, like seriously, look at that truck. That thing, I don't know. I wish I should, I, it probably knew it was like, she's never going to get out of here. Um, well, today we're going to talk about being thankful in everything. Um, oh, and by the way, um, I'm, I think we have now, we just need people to sign up for the 9th and the 30th for December. So thank you for everybody else who has. Um, so um, I want to talk a little bit about, of course, Thanksgiving. I, I really am going to wear these for Thanksgiving to my family. It's kind of like whatever I can find that's ridiculous, I like to wear to family events. It's kind of my thing. Um, I have my gobble, gobble, gobble shirt I already bought. It came in the mail, so I'll wear that. Last year when we went, because we, we were in, um, well, Disney World, I found turkey leggings, so I wore those. <laughs> and so they, they pretty much are like typical. And I already have my Christmas outfit. I found a, uh, a crazy, um, well, it's basically pajamas, right? Yeah. That said, it's like, has Santa on it. I can't remember. Happy, like, like holidays, but it's like ho-ho holidays, you know what I mean? So, um, and then I have, like, already have a tree thing that I'm going to wear on my head. So, so it's just what you do. It's what you do. But um, Thanksgiving is a, just a national holiday, of course, here in America. But it really does have its roots within Christianity. And so I wanted to share a couple things that I thought were interesting about history um, as we look forward to this week. Um, there is an interesting history to how the National Day of Thanksgiving came about. You recall the story of the pilgrims who came in 1621. They came here and established a colony. You may remember the story of Governor William Bradford and all the hardships they endured. You may not know that Governor Bradford lost his wife. She drowned on the journey here to America. In 1623, Governor Bradford issued a proclamation establishing that there would be a day of Thanksgiving. I'm going to read to you what he said in his proclamation. He declared, inasmuch as the Great Father has given us this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, peas, beans, squashes, and garden vegetables, and has made the forest to abound with game, and the sea with fish and clams, and inasmuch as, we, and as, inasmuch as he has protected us from the ravages of the savages, has spared us from the pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God, according to the dictates of our conscience. On this basis, he proclaimed November 25th, 1693, a day which he said for rendering thanksgiving to Almighty God for all of his blessings. And, and so for the Puritans particularly, this was a day of celebrating. Um, of course, the Indians had helped them to learn how to survive on the land, which was, which was a huge deal. A lot of people think, you know, was it turkey it was like wild goose and then they had like lobster doesn't that sound good too um and and they had just an abundance of basically of what the harvest brought in they had but they they recognized even as much with the help that god had brought divine assistance to bringing them to this new land preserving them teaching them how to live and make a way and even in the midst of of loss but that's not um there's there's even more to the story 
1863, Abraham Lincoln established a national day of Thanksgiving on the fourth Tuesday of November. President Roosevelt later on moved to the fourth Thursday of November, but um, or yeah, but here it is in the middle of the Civil War, and Abraham Lincoln proclaimed National Thanksgiving holiday. He said at that time, "No human council has devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked on these great things. They are gracious gifts on the most." High God, who, while dealing with us with the anger of our sins, have never, nevertheless remembered mercy. And so I remember, so I thought, you know, Abraham Lincoln, as you study, he really felt that a part of God moving on the nation was a part of the Civil War, and as much as everything else that was happening. And so that's why, you know, the whole saying, a house divided cannot stand. Um, he also knew that he really was a man in tune with wanting what the Lord wanted. Um, and there's a lot of people that are, are secular that even recognize this in, in his leadership. And so even in the midst of it, where he goes in the midst of this, where we see this as judgment, we're remembering that God has had mercy. And so I thought how interesting that this holiday was created um, really at a times of despair in the times of recognizing what God had brought people through. Well, you know, for the pilgrims, it's what God had brought them through at the end and, and giving thanks to God. But even during the Civil War, for Abraham Lincoln to establish a holiday in the midst of the most divided time of a country and the most perilous times that they were seeing at that time, man against man, that he was saying, we give thanks to the God because he is remembering mercy towards us. That's a huge proclamation of faith, you know, in a time where many would not do that. Um, so we're going to look today at Psalm 66. You'll get out your Bible. If you're fancy now and use your cell phone, you can do that too. For the old fashioned. But yeah, we're going to look at Psalm 66 today because this is truly a, a time to give thanks in everything. No matter our situations, there's always a time to give thanks. Always a time to give thanks. So Psalm 66, they many believe, is a Psalm of David. I was I was praying about this last night because I thought. Well, and you'll see, I thought, if David wrote this, this is really interesting to me because I would have thought it would be a song of Moses. So for the director of music, a song, a psalm. And of course, many believe that the psalms were sung, not, you know, read, obviously. So shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds, so great is your power, that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you, they sing praise to you, they sing praises of your name. Come and see what God has done, how awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land, they passed through the waters on foot. Come and let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. He, his eyes watch the nations. Let us not be rebellious, but, um, or let not the rebellious rise up against him. Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like fire. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and water. But you brought us out into a place of abundance. I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you. Vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. 
I will sacrifice fat animals to you and offerings of arms, of rams. I will offer bulls and goats. Come and hear all who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. I have cherished, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened, but God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God, who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. I love this psalm for many reasons, and it's a true psalm of thanksgiving and praise. It covers every single thing. But you know what's interesting is that David would be hundreds of years out from the Red Sea, but yet he connected the victory of Exodus to the own victory in his own life. I think so many times we read things in the Bible and it can feel so like, well, God did that for them. God did that for them. Will he do something for me? If, if, this, if I was reading this and I didn't know, I really did think it was a Psalm of Moses because I thought, well, when you brought us through, you know, that sounds like a present term. It, it, to me, it would sound like, oh, he went through the Exodus. But he is, he is so personalizing it because of what God has done for them. He knew that it's the same thing he would do for him. He basically is saying, God, what you have done for them, you are doing for me in my life. So when he's saying that when, you tur- when he turned the dry sea into land and they passed through the waters on foot, come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. He is saying he is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's the same statement of his heart. And so that's why I really enjoy this psalm is because he is basically connecting what has happened in the past to what God continually does in the human heart over and over and over again, that he feels like he was just as much in that story as God is in his story today. And God would make David pass through a lot of things. He would pass through the caves. He would pass through all the things that would take from the promise into where God had for him. And in the midst of all the struggles of of David, these beautiful Psalms remind us that God is a God worthy to be praised at all times. So the motive of our text verse is of gratitude, not fear. The invitation looks to his promises, not the obstacles, at his grace and not their works. Here we are entreated, not threatened. Here our opportunity to show us his love by reason of choice. If you are not ready to offer in gratitude, God doesn't want our service. Many times I think that the human heart has been regulated that it is by works that we are saved or it is by our own hand that God will then respond. But, you know, over and over and over, we read in the Bible that it was only that they were in situations that they could not control and they trusted in a God to lead them and he brought them through time and time and time again. And that's all of our stories. You know, I've heard people say, you know, and there is a part that we do. You know, you do your part and then God will add the rest. Well, actually, that's not even in the Bible. It was always about believing in him first and then connecting our faith. And really, all he's wanted all the time is always belief. He goes, if you believe, you know, when Jesus healed everybody, that you will find, I always say, Jesus never healed anybody the same. But he always asked the same question. And so if Jesus never healed anybody the same, we know that, you know, what God might do for Janie might not be what the same way he does it for me, even if we're in the same situation. But he's tailoring it to our human heart. But the question he'll, he'll ask both of us is, do you believe I can do this? 
That will always be the question that God asks us when we're in situations or when we're in crisis or when we're just in our everyday. And I think that we often think that God doesn't want to intervene until it's a crisis. That God is, you know, waiting for just a crisis to happen. But if God so loved the world that he died for our sins, then I think that he loves us too much to not want to be a part of our everyday. I mean, he wants to be a part of the everyday things. You know, he wants to be a part of the morning routine. You know, when we're waking up and we're groggy and we're, you know, our first thoughts are coming into our mind and we're walking throughout the day. And sometimes those first first thoughts are like, wow, good morning. And some of those are going, ah, you know, some don't even have words. You know, it's just that groan of like, here I am again, you know, got to get up. You know, all that, all the, all the morning routines that we all face, but those thoughts, even immediately as we wake up, God is right there in the midst. You know, God is right there speaking his promises, speaking his, his, his desires for us every single day. And that's a reason that we immediately have a a reason to give praise to him for, for breath and every single part of the journey. So Psalm 66 is teaching us a way to even look at life. Um, it's not just a way of just going, I thank you for this. David is getting into the personal things of everything that happens in my life. There's a reason to give thanks to you that you are working in, in my life. Psalm 66 not only has Israel in view, but the whole earth. David understood that God was not only God over Israel, but the whole world. It was good and appropriate for everyone to joyfully praise God. I think that, you know, he's, he expands it from what you did for them to what you do every single day, how you sustain the world and how you sustain the earth. Praise requires concentration on the thing, person, or deity being praised. Thanks tends to be focused with what the speaker has received and thus becomes rather um, a, a response. And so we, when we are like, uh, this is how I explain praise. And I, I love this explanation because when you're praising something, you have to focus on the thing that you're praising. You have to focus on the thing that you're giving thanks to. Um, it, it narrows in your focus as well, but it also gives you an opportunity to receive. It, it positions your heart to only um, not just focus on him, but to receive even more of what he wants to give to us. There is something that happens that I always connect Thanksgiving, if you want, well, I'll say it this way. If you want your faith to grow, be more thankful. There, there is a direct connection to praise and faith. Because when you focus on praise, you're focusing on the person who is doing something beyond what you can see with your eyes. It's beyond what you, can, you know in your senses at that moment. So every day that we give thanks, it is a sacrifice. It is something. If it was something that came naturally, it wouldn't be commanded so much in the Bible. You know, it's almost like every time you see, you know, give thanks to the Lord, it's basically almost like a command. Give thanks. Shout unto God. You know, there's an action that comes with that thankfulness that sets your heart. So when we give thanks to the Lord, it also expands our faith. When I thank God today, we have our, I know my mom has talked about it. We have a declaration that we say over our transition. And I, we go, thank you, God, for this transition. Thank you for taking us from death into life. You know, thank you for all that you have for us. It's, it's a form of prophecy. It's a form of prophesying what he will do and what he has already done. It's basically saying to your obstacles, 
Guess what? This is what's true no matter what the case is. Because it always comes down to our belief system. You know, Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And so in all this, they're like, well, some, you know, some are calling you this. He doesn't want to know what other people are calling him. He wants to know, who do you say that I am? And in that response, when you, when he had the revelation, Peter, that you, well, you are the son of the living God, this revelation, you know, that did something for Peter in that, in that same moment. It was the revelation of like, you got it. You got it. Because in that, it transitioned his whole life into what he was going to do with his life. He basically was saying in the moment of, and really in that moment, it would also be in a time of intense weakness for him, that he also knows no matter the part of weakness in his life, his mind is set on the truth. He is the son of the living God, no matter what anybody else says, no matter what else is happening. And it increases his faith. So when we give thanks, it it opens our capacity to, to believe, to to praise him more, but it increases our faith level. When I say, God, thank you for this day. I thank you that every provision is met today. I'm already setting up my day to know that he's going to meet every need. That when I go into my day, I am going to be expecting to see his hand in that, in that work. When I go into my time of prayer, when I go, God, thank you for protection over our loved ones, or thank you for you know this happening in my life. I'm already saying, God, I know no matter what I see or what has happened, I know that you are the response and that you respond to all who call upon you. When we take his word and we thank, and we thank him with it, it increases our faith. We, we then are now prophesying the truth over what God wants to do and what he wants to do in all of us. One thing that um, I learned as a, as a young believer, and it has changed my life, has been praying the word of God. It really is. And because it's, it, we know that the word of God is living, breathing, and active. It says that. And I love that. That's why when David is saying, you know, what he, you did for um, the Israelites, basically you're doing for me. It's because that living, breathing, active word does not just land in one time of history and that's it. It is constantly prevalent in every situation. Wherever God is alive, which God is alive in this time, Every single thing that has happened in the past is still true today. Everything that he did in the past is true today. Who the sun sets free is still free indeed. You know, there, there is something that is powerful because I can tell you the things that have probably t- changed your life in God have been when the word of God has become alive in your heart. And whether, you know, my mom has preached the exact phrase or I haven't speak, spoke the past exact phrase. You know, my favorite thing at the house of prayer was to take a a scripture and just read it and just pray it. And so many times that people be like, man, that moved me. I go, it's because I just prayed the word of God because it's still living, breathing and active. I love to pray for, um, young people in the city because I also believe that, you know, they're so impressionable and that God wants to move in their lives. And, you know, and you see the, you see the struggle, particularly with young people of knowing their identity, what they want to do, trying to fit in. And oftentimes that's when strongholds that you have as an adult come into your life, you know, whether it be drugs, alcohol, um, any, you can, whatever you can think of, you know, often comes in as, as a teen. And so, um, and it happened in my own life too. So, I, so I always pray, I go, you know, God, I, I thank you that let the light of your face shine down on your hearts and let them feel it. 
And it's one of my favorite things. I go, let the light of your face shine. Let the light of your face shine. And then, you know, I would take the verses of his light shining and going, you know, let them become the light of the world. You know, Um, but there is something that would happen as I would pray that. My heart grew. Yes, ma'am. I want to thank the good Lord for Andy keeping our church open. Oh, thank you. Praise the Lord. That's so sweet. It is. Praise God. I don't have any crazy words. Just pray thank you. Oh, my. Yeah, that's precious. No, thank you. No, that means a lot. I know, but and and thank you as well for being a pillar in this house. And we are thankful for you, Kathy. I mean, seriously. I mean, I don't mind taking a moment for this at all because you know what? It's it is heavy and and it is a lot. And um, well, absolutely. <laughs> well, well, I know, maybe I need to talk. I'm no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it is. And so, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Precious. No, thank you. Well, you know, and, and you just proved a point of something. Thankfulness, thankfulness, sometimes we're like, well, I don't feel like it or whatever, but thankfulness usually comes from the heart. And that, and that is exactly from the heart. That's exactly from the heart. And, and it's amazing how um, with giving thanks to the Lord and, and proclaiming his, his goodness and his wonders, we really do have so much to thank God for because his goodness, I, my favorite Psalm in Psalm 23, I love the end because we have this huge journey with the Lord, you know, of course the Lord is my shepherd, um, which, you know, you, it's so starting with the recognition, recognition um, of the Lord being the one who leads me that I can find my contentment in him and that he makes me to lie down in places that are good for me. But then we have this whole thing where then the Lord says, follow me. And he goes through this valley. And of course, you know, it says the valley of the shadow of death. Um, and, and in it, you know, I always say it's only a shadow, which it is. It's only a shadow. But as I love it because it was only a shadow because the light of the world was there. You know, if the light of the world wasn't with it, it wouldn't be a shadow of death. It would be just pure death. Um, and then, and then we have the scene of the Lord preparing a banquet in the in the presence of our enemies, um, and anointing the head of, with oil, which would have been the highest honor in the midst of of your enemies. And that the Lord is doing this for David. And of course, if you know David's story, God really did anoint him in the presence of his enemies. Um, but it's the last statement that always gets me, and it says, "Surely your mercy and your goodness follow me all the days of my life." That in the midst of this whole telling of this story, it, it was like, you know what my testimony from this is? Mercy and goodness was always there. And that that is the true story of every single one of us. And 
And that's, and that's really even in giving thanks, giving thanks, of course, for this church and for every single thing that we can see that no matter what in our story, we have a reason to give thanks because God has always done his work in preserving us, saving us, having mercy on us every single day that we'll find his mercy and his goodness paired together, following us all the days of our life. And so there's always a reason to get to give praise to God. You know, people often go, well, why do we have praise and worship at the beginning? You know, it's there's it does a couple things. It focuses us on the creator and not on our creation or on ourselves, because when you focus on him, it really does. You start to see things from his perspective and not from the perspective of everything else that you're seeing. And let me tell you, it is a totally different perspective. Because then all of a sudden, the the mountains look like molehills, you know? All of a sudden, the obstacles look like they can be defeated, you know, in our lives. But also, it increases our faith. It increases that, you know, when we share testimonies and, you know, when when each one of us shares something that God has done, what it says to me, what he has done, he continues to do. But even if he did no other thing for us, he has given us the moon and the stars. He has given us breath. He has given us homes. He has given us food. You know, even if it's at moments we're going, I don't know when the next provision is coming in. He never ceases to do something. You know, um, in the midst of every single day that we have and that he has kept us alive, we have seen God move in our families. We have seen, just like Linda said, preserving of life in the midst of an accident. We have seen God do something every single day that should offer our hearts thanks and thanksgiving. But even if he didn't give us all of that, we can be thankful that God so loved the world that he gave us a son to die for our sins that we do not have to perish, but that we have everlasting life. We have so much to be thankful for, but why is it so hard for us to be thankful? He deserves our praise. He absolutely does. But if you notice every single day, you know, and I always say this is the warfare of the enemy, is that you know how many negative thoughts we have to go through to find a positive one every day? And that's why when we give a sacrifice of praise, let me tell you, you I, I don't know if you've had this, and we're going to do an exercise today, just a little one. But when you give God an exercise of thanksgiving in your heart, let, have you ever noticed things start to break? I've had in my life where it's like when I get my mind on him and I start praising him, it's almost like the things that were my burdens just start slipping away. Because in the midst of it, I'm giving him everything. In, his, in that praise, it's, it's also a place of surrender and that goes, you are God and I am not. That you are the Lord and I need your help. Because the great, I told my mom, you know, works are actually the easiest things to do, but surrender is the hardest. You know, I can, I can clean your house all day long. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> peanut gallery. I love it. Um, but if, but for me to sit down and to listen to your heart, that takes a lot more intention. And, and really what, what you need at the end of the day, yeah, you might need your house cleaned, but let's be honest at the end of the day, we all want to be known and we all want to be heard and we all want to be loved. And, and in the midst of all of that, you know, using Kathy as an example, Kathy brings her mother, but that's not the work. 
the work is actually that she loves her mom. And so, so every single time she comes into this place, it's a, the work might look like I'm bringing her to a location, but the very act is I love her. And so this is what love does. This is what we do when we give thanks. That's why I think the church has gotten it backward that we think that we work to know God. And then, you know, it starts with the heart. You know, we give a, we give a heart of praise. If we can't give praise, then we're disconnected from the God that we're supposed to know. Yes. Because praise is, is getting connected to the God that he wants us to know him. He wants us to love him. And out of that love, then I do things that are good. Because then I'm reflecting his goodness to other people. But when I do something good for Janie, it isn't because I want her to think I'm a good person. I want her to know there's a God who loves her. Because I am now being a recipient and giving to someone else the love that has been shown to me. I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn his love. So I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to give love to someone who might feel like, well, what did I do to deserve it? Nothing. What did I do to earn it? Nothing. But so I have been given, so I give to you. And in that, we give thanks to God and we give thanks to one another because then we go, well, thank you for what you did for me. Well, we're living in response of the thankfulness in our hearts towards a God who does everything for us, who constantly is working for our behalf, who's constantly working for our good. And let me tell you, this is where rebellion against God is in the thankfulness of God. When people are resisting God, it's going, I would rather do it my way. I would rather do it my own way. It isn't that they are like resisting the work of God. They're resisting the love of God. Because the love of God makes us all go, only you can do something in me and I have to let you do it. And, and so when we are in the love of God, it's a reflection of our heart to him. And it's a reflection of our heart to others. So we have a reason to be thankful every single day. So how do we praise God? I love it. Um, What I do, I often take a psalm, and I read a psalm, and I pray the psalms. And so so I love that David says, How awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your powers, your enemies shall submit, submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. When he says, say to God, the the psalmist is giving us practical guidance for the one who wants us to praise God, telling us specifically what to say. So, you know, people go, and because I think, you know, it's like, okay, this is great, but how do I make this a part of my life? Well, this is where we take the word and we say things to God back to him. I mean, it might sound really elementary, but sometimes when I don't know what to pray, I take a psalm and I'm like, this really connects to my heart. You know, and so I go, God, how awesome are your works? Thank you for everything that you're working in my life. Thank you for the works that I see you doing in me, through me, for me. You know, I thank you that my enemies submit themselves to you. So no matter what I have going on in my life today, no matter who's rising up against me, no matter what the situation is, I thank you that all of my enemies submit to you. You know, it it takes every single burden that we have and it just gives us to the one that wants to do it. I think the lie is that we're praying to a God who actually doesn't want to help us. And that's a lie. That's why I'm telling you, there's, if you, if you would praise, if we do like, maybe we'll do a challenge for the rest of this month or whatever, you know, leading into Christmas, that we will take every day, whether it's one thing and just to thank God for 
What might change in our lives? What might we see? Maybe it's the lie that we have a God who doesn't want to listen to us. Maybe it's the, it's the lie that we have a God who's disconnected and who doesn't care. Maybe if that alone gets broken, it will change our lives. It will change our lives. So we say things to God. We speak them out to him. How awesome of your, are your works? We praise God by thinking upon the greatness of his work in creation, salvation, and restoration. And we tell him how awesome his words, works are. And then we say, all the earth shall worship you. This is when we even pray for those in our family or those that we know. Go, God, we, I just thank you that, you know, for me, my, my Aunt Kimmy, who needs to know Jesus, she will bow before you, that she will come to know you. So even if we took this verse in, in line by line said, thank you for your works towards me. Thank you that every problem I'm facing today, all my enemies, every single obstacle are submitted to you. And I thank you that people in my life that don't know you will know you. This is a great little place to start, even in scripture. We are, we are created to participate in experiences. So praise, shouting, and excitedly sharing what is right and good is part of it. Thanksgiving, acknowledgement of what is right is good by admitting we couldn't have done it by ourselves is another vital part of participating. So, so when we give praise to God, let me tell you, it's going to become something that is not going to be normal to you in sometimes. You know? I mean, I'm one of those people, I've been there, where they're like, give to God a shout of praise. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> you know? I'm like, my shout is like, ah! Um, and so I was like, where, well, why do you give a shout? But there has been times where it has been so dark, I was like, ah! Jesus! You know, so sometimes the things that are, when we give God praise, it doesn't always feel natural because it's going to come outside. It's going to come into pressing. It's going to come into getting into the truth and going, you are God and there is no other. And, and, it, and but you know what's funny? When, once you start exercising those muscles, then it becomes natural. Yes. It really does. And but in it, you are being transformed. Because the work of praise is not just in the, in the voice that you say. It's in the whole, my mind, my soul, my body, and my spirit are all in agreement with this truth. And giving him praise is going, you know what? doesn't matter who's to the right or to the left of me. Right now, I have to give him praise. Right now, I have to give him thanks. Because guess what? I need him. I need the Lord. And he is worthy of it. I am thankful. And he is worthy of all of our praise. So when we are giving praise, we're participating. We are participating in faith, going, you are worthy of all of our praise. And just like what happened this morning, you know, she participated in praise by the action of standing up and lifting up her voice that came from the heart. And so that is, that is the work of praise. So Thanksgiving has the great power to bring joy, to break the power of the enemy. Whenever we give things to God, despite the difficult circumstances, the enemy loses a big battle in your life. When we give thanks to God in the midst of difficult, you bring pleasure to God's heart. He is looking for Christians who live in the realm of praise and thanksgiving, where the enemy no longer has an ability to hold or manipulate that person. Satan is defeated when we have a thankful heart because thankfulness during difficulty is a sacrifice and pleasing to God. So Thanksgiving brings um, even contentment to our own heart by giving thanks for God for everything in our life. 
not allowing ourselves to complain, not comparing ourselves with others. And so when we give praise to God, it goes, you know what? It doesn't matter what God has done for them that I'm going, maybe he doesn't, he loves them more. No, it says you will do the same thing for me. So, um, so I'm going to give some examples of things to do this week and, and closing, and we're going to have our own time to give thanks to the Lord today. Um, but I, I want to end with this is that, you know, I think it's interesting that David uses the illustration of the Exodus because, you know, my mom has taught, you know, before only two that were a part of the original crowd actually made it to the promised land. Um, and people always go, well, why was that? Why was that the reason? And the number one reason is because they complained. And I thought, you know, complaining in our hearts, this is why there has to be a war of Thanksgiving because we think, well, maybe if I just don't thank God, you know, like it's almost like what's the consequences, you know, if I don't thank God? Well, it can actually have you die in the place where it was a wilderness for them. You know, for them, it made them lose out on the, all the promises that God had for them. Because in the midst of what God was doing, they were so like, like they were so ungrateful for it. They were so, had such a heart of complaint, continually complaining. I mean, my mom has talked about the line to complain to Moses were so long. You know, there was nobody giving thanks to God, but there was sure a, a complaint line running out the door around the tent, around the sanctuary to give complaint about every single thing they thought wasn't happening to it. But you know what? If they would have turned that into praise, God would have supplied all their needs and they would have been there in the promised land definitely sooner than 40 years that it took to get there, you know? And, and some say it was 40 years and then another 40 years, you know, because of Joshua and, and all that too, for a generation to die out for them to go into the promised land. And so you have this whole time period, but they never got to what God had for them because they couldn't recognize him in the moment. And I thought, I don't want that to be us. You know, we're, we're in the midst of a circumstance. We don't give thanks to God. I'll end with this and then I'll, I'll give us some practicals. But um, Bill Johnson, we were listening to him and I actually got convicted on gratitude this year because I wasn't very thankful. Um, there goes that pen. Um, I don't need it though. Um, <laughs> I, I, we were listening to it because we were just asking God, this was when it was just like, we were at our lowest of the lowest. And I was like, God, I'm, I'm willing to listen to anything, whatever. So we started listening to this strengthen yourself in the Lord series by Bill Johnson. So he talked about the power of thankfulness. And let me tell you, as he was talking about it, everything in my being was squirming because I was like, he's right. And I don't want him to be right because it's so easy to go. This sucks. This, you know, to give every reason to why something is not good. Um, I mean, it really is. And so he was talking about, but he said something and it, it hit me. He said, you know, when I'm in a, a difficult situation, the only thing I can give to God is my thanks. And he said, and when I miss that, I will never have that opportunity back ever. And, and when he said that, I thought, oh my gosh, I don't want to miss out. And he said, you know, and sometimes God wants to do something that's connected to that promise or to something. And he said, and I never want to miss out what God wants to do because I wasn't thankful for that season. And, um, and I thought, you know, the times I'm like, God, build me up or, you know, do something in me. And he uses situations that wouldn't be my way of doing it, but God knows us better than we know ourselves to, to do what he wants to do. 
And so I realized that the power of Thanksgiving and the midst of it too, is that it's sometimes the only thing I can offer, but it's the most precious gift that God can receive. And it's me giving a gift to God going, you know what, Lord, I don't see how this is possible. I don't see how you can bring us from death into life. At that time, we were in the pit of death. But you know what? As I started giving thanks to God, a week later, God totally liberated us and brought us into this is where you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to go. And I thought, Lord, would I have missed you completely if I didn't make that sacrifice of thanksgiving where then you showed us. And now it's like it's almost it's hard to even imagine the lowest part of feeling like we were in the pit of death as we were in that time, seeing my mom there, myself there. And it's amazing how making it was a sacrifice of praise. I will tell you, it was a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And to see a week later, God break a yoke that was on us for years. And and I thought that is the power of when we give thanks to God, you know? And, um, and that's not to be like, and I'm saying that not as a, whoa, awesome me. Because let me tell you, every single day I did it, it was a chore in my heart. And but I that's why I said when I started doing it, things started breaking off of me because it changed my perspective to the one who wasn't, you know, not the enemy having more power, but my God had more power. And that he really and I kept saying Jeremiah twenty nine eleven because I thought, God, I'm gonna say it till I believe it. And I said, For you know the plans you have for me, and they are good and to prosper me and not to harm me, but for my hope and for my future. And so I, I would say that every day, you know, and that until, until I all of a sudden I was like, wow, we're, we're, I, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. I mean, it's almost like, wow, God took us from death into life. Yes. And so, um, so this is, this is ways that you can offer him praise. Um, of course, we use the ex- examples from scripture listed that um, previously, but you know, I'm going to make some suggestions for you this week. If you, if you are serious about this as I am. Um, if you really want to do something this week that you're going, you know what, it might be a sacrifice, but I'm going to do this. Maybe write a thank you letter to God, you know, um, concentrating on simply thanking him rather than just making requests. You know, I think we always come by making our requests, but maybe just instead write him a letter and just keep it. And, you know, I bet you anything, you'll be surprised what that does to your heart. Um, maybe create a gratitude list of many blessings he's bestowed upon you. Maybe just from this last week or this past month, you know, write a gratitude list of going, God, I'm thankful that, you know, you saw us have food this week. I'm thankful that we were able to pay this bill this week. Um, thank you for, you know, somebody coming over this this week and it really blessed me. Um, and lastly, of course, pray out loud or silently. I would say out loud because I think it stretches us. Um, offering Thanksgiving to him for what he's done and continue to do in your life. Um, when should we give thanks all the time, you know, all the time, every single day we have a reason to give thanks. And so, um, what I am going to do, um, what we're going to do real quick is, um, as we get, 